Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number eight, where today we are going to talk all about phonological awareness and different activities that you could be doing in your classroom to help your students practice this on a regular basis. Before we dive in too deep though, what is phonological awareness? What does that look like? What are you being asked to do? Or what am I talking about when we say phonological awareness? So phonological awareness is the ability to kind of recognize, manipulate, isolate, blend, kind of working with all of those phonemes that your students are hearing. For a lot of our students, this is either like a big, big strength for them or a huge, huge weakness for them. And oftentimes what qualifies them for service, what kind of indicated that they needed additional help and support. Having that ability to hear and manipulate and understand those individual sounds can be very tricky. And it requires very explicit instruction. Something that a lot of other kids might just do naturally. They just might realize, hey, the word cat has three different sounds. That means I'm going to have to write three different graphemes for that. Some kids do that naturally. They just know, whereas others do not. And they need to be able to work on segmenting that word, or maybe they're really great at saying all the sounds, but blending it together is tricky. So if you are thinking of students that I'm describing as I'm saying that, then some of these activities will be very, very beneficial for them. If you own my spelling curriculum, or if you've ever seen any bits of that, I do have some phonological awareness activities that are built into that. However, I don't always have time for all of that. And so what I do, and maybe this is cheating a bit, I have a deck of cards, um, really they're like rhyming word cards, that I got at like the dollar store or Target dollar spot or something. And the deck is full of rhyming words. Now, I don't necessarily care about the rhyming word aspect of that. Um, I just needed some words, especially like some nouns or some verbs, things like that. And this deck gives me that. So what I'll do is I will take that deck in the hallway with me sometimes or right before we leave, that kind of thing, right when we arrive. And I'll take that deck of cards and give students two or three words or maybe even one word depending on what we are doing with that. So let's say in my deck of cards, I have the words duck, dot, farm. I might ask them which words have the same beginning sound. I might also have the words car, cat, star. Which two words rhyme? 
In both of those examples, I'm asking students to just listen. I don't even show them the picture because it does have the word on there. I don't need you to see that, oh, these both have the same letter at the beginning or the same two letters at the end or whatever. I don't need that. I just need students to listen to what those sounds are that I'm saying and ask them to choose which two are alike. You could do the same with ending sounds, maybe not necessarily rhyming, but maybe they both have a T at the end, but different medial vowels. Maybe you want to focus on the medial vowel. Or you could go with one word and ask them to give you a word that rhymes, give you a word that has the same beginning sound, or ask them how many sounds are in that word. All you're asking them to do is listen. And so for me, that's why oftentimes I'll do this in the hallway. We're already quiet. We're already, you know, focused. We might as well use that time as we're transitioning. And then I'm the only one talking and they can raise their hand as we're walking. Or I might say, "Ooh, this question is for, you know, Kyle. Kyle, tell me a word that rhymes with dog or, you know, move to the next person in line. So it's something that can be done very quickly and very easily. Oftentimes there are more scripted programs where it's a daily routine that you do all the time. And it reminds you, hey, you know, on Mondays we're going to do this, this, and that. Tuesdays we're doing this, this, and that. On Wednesday we're doing these four things. And then you get a really good variety of all the things that you could be doing to focus on phonological awareness. But if you're like me, you don't have time for all that. Your 30-minute groups go by so insanely fast that just focusing on that deck of cards and using that as kind of your word bank really allows you to do the exact same thing, but you're in the hallway. You could also do, now that I kind of think it through, some of those scripted activities or like what's included in my spelling bundles, you could put that on your clipboard and take that in the hallway with you too. All of these are options. All of these are things that you can do to make it quick and easy. I'm also practicing some of those phonological awareness skills as we're practicing our spelling words every day. In the spelling episode, which was a few weeks ago, I described where we have a bag of letter tiles and um, we use those to spell our spelling words. With that, we are manipulating sounds naturally, just a part of our routine. So we might have words like snap. That's our first spelling word. And then I'll say, change one letter and spell slap. Or change one letter and spell slab, slob. We are just manipulating those sounds. And it requires students to look at what's there, say the sounds of the new word, and start to think about what needs to change. While we're spelling those, sometimes I incorporate some of those rhyming or how many sounds, that kind of thing. I incorporate that into it by saying, hmm, you know, this word is slop. Can you think of a word that rhymes with slop? Oh, well, we have hop, pop. Those words rhyme with that. And like I said with writing, sometimes it starts out ugly. You might say slop. And they say slob because it has the same beginning. They don't understand. They're still learning that. And 
through practice, it gets better at coming up with a word that has the same ending instead of a word that sounds similar at the beginning. But like with everything else, if we never practice it, it's never going to get easier. It's never going to be something that looks nice or sounds nice to people who are sharing a room with you or passing by or quizzing or testing a student on that in the gen ed room. It's going to be ugly if you never do it. So we have to work on practicing some of those very, very basic skills. A lot of times once we start working, especially on vowel teams, but even things like CH and TH, where we're only hearing one sound, I might spell a word or have a word like, let's say, shake. And I might ask my students like, yeah, guys, we have five letters but can you tell me how many sounds do you hear in the word shake? So then I ask them just on their fingers to show me like one sound, two sounds, three sounds, whatever. And initially they hold up five fingers because they think there are five sounds. Sometimes then they might catch that like SH makes one sound or A and E, a constant E are working together, but it takes time. And usually after even just a couple of weeks of asking them to do that, they start to pick up on, ah, you know what? Now we don't have SH. This week we have CH, but it's the same idea. It's okay for two letters to work together. I love giving them words with a lot of letters and only like two or three sounds because it really helps them to see that, yeah, you're right. It only has two sounds, but there are three, four, five letters there. And to me, that's when they really start making connections of, yeah, some sounds require two letters, three letters to produce that sound. Um, I really like um, IGH words for this. For example, like the word knight, like he is my knight in shining armor. It has a silent K, so we have K-N, that's one sound. I-G-H as one sound and then the T at the end. So we're only hearing three sounds, but man, oh man, are there a lot of letters in the word night. It really helps them start to make connections of phonemes and graphemes are not always equal. Just because you hear three letters or three sounds does not mean that there are three letters in that word. Some are going to have to work together to make that I sound or to make that N sound at the beginning. It's hard, but it takes practice and just kind of the pointing out of it. And again, start ugly, get to pretty, get, get to mediocre if that's what it takes so that by the end of the year, they're understanding and they're starting to improve those phonological awareness skills. When it comes to goals for phonological awareness, a lot of my kids who are lower level readers, whether that be because they are significantly behind in an upper grade or because they're younger students, I focus a lot on hearing some of those sounds or being able to blend sounds into real words. So for example, I had a student last year who had two goals. One was I would give him 10 CVC words and I didn't even care if he could read them. I mean, obviously I, I care about that, but that's not what I was directly monitoring. I would give him the words 
And I would want to first hear him break it apart into three individual sounds. If he did that, he got a point for each sound. So it could range anywhere from zero to 30 points, depending on, you know, maybe he misses all the vowels. Well, then he's going to get 20 points because he had the beginning and the ending sound correct, but those vowels were incorrect. Or maybe it was hit or miss on that and he earned 25 points. So that was one of his goals. His other goal was then for me to say the sounds and him be able to hear what word that is. So for example, let's say we had the word hot. I would say, ah, t, and he would have to tell me that the word was hot. I was not ever, ever asking him to say the sounds. It was a listening activity. It was to see, could he hear those sounds? Because let me tell you, if he can't hear me say them and realize that that word is hot, do you think he's going to be able to say the sounds himself, blend the sounds himself? That's going to be a challenging, challenging task. So instead, we really, really have to break it down into what's required of reading that CVC word. Well, you have to be able to produce the sounds and you have to be able to hear those sounds and realize, oh, that's the word hot. When it comes to progress monitoring him, that was something that it was just part of our routine. That was just something we did. And with him, we were already doing that in the group. So then it was really easy for me to be like, okay, it's Monday. I'm watching him today. How many words is he going to get correct? Um, he also worked one-on-one -on -one with one of my assistants on sight words. So if we didn't have time in the group, or maybe, you know, we all have those times of year when we have meeting after meeting after meeting, if it had been crazy, I could ask her to do the same thing, but the control freak in me liked to do it myself. I like to be able to say those sounds, especially so that I knew I was kind of breaking them up in a way that would help him. You could write goals and do this for any of those skills like rhyming or beginning sounds, ending sounds, manipulating, segmenting. There are so many components of phonological awareness. Pick what is a challenging area for that student and target that. I hope that helps inspire some things that you could do to target phonological awareness even if you teach upper grades, maybe they don't need it as much. Maybe they don't need it daily or maybe they don't need it for five minutes. But they do sometimes need those reminders. Maybe it's when you're using spelling tiles with your spelling words. But find some ways to incorporate some of those various skills. And oftentimes I think, oh, they're doing just fine or they're doing really well, or they're such a strong reader. And then I ask them to do something like, tell me how many sounds are in a word. And I'm like, oh Lord, okay, this is hard for them. Of course it is. There are things that just because you can read fluently does not mean that you can segment a word. Does not mean you're going to be able to spell that later. And spelling is gonna be mighty hard if you cannot hear or process the individual sounds in that word. Speaking of reading fluency, that's what we'll be talking about in next week's episode. So I'll see you then. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. 
Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.